we keep ourselves in these prisons, like, and we don't have to. We're just it's because we're afraid of like one conversation or the fallout. And the fallout, it, the sooner that you do it when you feel it, the less the fallout will be. Oh, I think the longer we hold on to it, the the bigger the fallout will be for sure. Welcome to the Big Kid Problems podcast, based on the comedic social channel all about not wanting to be an adult. I'm your host, Sarah Merrill, the writer, creator, and pretty normal human behind the popular Instagram, Twitter, blog, and now podcast, Big Kid Problems. So I've spent the last almost decade making jokes about navigating the adult world. And as I've gotten older, I've realized that no matter what your age is, we all have big kid problems. We're all just trying to figure it out. And you know what? That's okay. So each week, we're going to take a funny yet informative look at a specific struggle or big kid problem, if you will. Then we'll break it down with a rotating cast of comedians, personalities, and experts to actually give us the tools and resources to help us solve our big kid problem of the week. From love and relationships, money, career, physical and mental health, bad decisions, and just general life responsibilities, nothing is off limits. So thank you so much for joining me as we navigate adulthood together. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey, hey, welcome back to another season of the Big Kid Problems podcast. Oh my God, it feels so good to say that. I feel like I was off the air for a hot minute there. I mean, I really missed you guys. As many of you know, I mean, I took a little hiatus because I was supposed to go get married, which didn't exactly happen because we're in a global pandemic. But I was still able to use that time to regroup and get this brand spanking new season up and running. So if you're new to the show, welcome. I am so excited to have you here. And if you are a returning listener, thank you so much for hanging tight and coming back. I really freaking appreciate you. All right. So let's just jump right into it, shall we? I mean, we are just diving right into our big kid problem topics. And I figured I would kick this season off with one of the most requested topics I've been getting like really since the start of the show. We're talking about friendship breakups and really protecting your energy from any toxic relationship in your life so you can build real connections and find your people. Guys, this is one big kid problem that I know all too well. I had a 20-year friendship that turned extremely toxic and learning how to cut that shit off was one of the most liberating things, but also one of the biggest learning lessons of my life. And one of the biggest things I learned in this episode is that any toxic relationship, maybe it's a friend or a family member or a coworker or a romantic partner. I mean, if you've ever been wronged or hurt by someone, which I'm going to go out on a limb here and say we all have at some point, chances are you carry some of that baggage into your other relationships. And it can really affect our connections and our support systems. So that is why I'm so excited to have on our guest this week, who is an expert in this very topic, Miss Lori Harder. Lori is a TEDx speaker, Forbes top-ranked female-led podcast host for the Earn Your Happy podcast, and she's a number one best-selling author for her book, A Tribe Called Bliss, which actually spawned into the Bliss Project event, which is attended by thousands of women across the country. I mean, honestly, could there be someone more appropriate for this episode. 
We're going to talk all about how to spot a toxic relationship, how to fix them, like if they can be fixed, lessons these types of relationships teach us, how to heal, how to move forward and let go so that you don't bring that baggage into your other relationships. We'll also talk about how to craft better relationships moving forward and just so much more. There's honestly so many gems in this episode. It was a very therapeutic interview for me. And I think there is something in here for everyone. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Now, real quick, just a couple of housekeeping items before we jump into the episode. We have some new exciting things happening here at Big Kid Problems HQ. First, we have a brand new super secret Facebook group called Big Kid Problems Unite. Every week after each episode, I'll be in there to chat about that week's topic. It's more of like an open discussion. So if you guys have any questions after an episode or just want to chat about it more, like that is the place. I wanted to create a little bit of a community where we can really connect with each other. And also, I want it to be a place that you guys can feel safe sharing your Big Kid Problems. I've already been in there sharing like job opportunities and some giveaways. So if you want to get involved, just hop onto Facebook and join the Big Kid Problems group. Also, speaking of giveaways, since this is the first episode of the season, I could actually really use your help getting the word out. And I do have some fun prizes lined up for the next few weeks. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to this podcast, share it with your friends, share it on Instagram, and leave a nice little review if you can. I was trying to think of like a nice little gesture I could do for you guys. So I will be giving away several prizes over the next week or so, including ear pods, Big Kid Problems merch. And since it's fall, I'm giving away tons of Starbucks gift cards every single day so you can get out there and live your best basic bitch life with a pumpkin spice latte in hand. Also, I know it's back to school season, so I will be matching every five-star review this month with a $5 donation to Pencils of Promise, which one of my favorite organizations of all time. They help build schools and areas that need it most. So again, all you got to do is leave a nice little review for this podcast, share it on Instagram, and tune into Big Kid Problems on Instagram for daily winners and updates. Whew. All right. That was a mouthful. So without further ado, we're just going to jump into this bad boy, shall we? Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Okay, before we get started, I have to tell you about my favorite must-have accessory of 2020. I'm talking, of course, about a super sexy silk face mask from our friends at Discover Night. That's right. What a time to be alive. We all know just how important face masks are by now, and we're all going to be wearing them for the foreseeable future. So why not treat yourself and actually get one that is super chic and also comfortable to wear and better for your skin? I know in the beginning of quarantine, like I just ordered a like cheap face mask to get by. And I don't know about you, but I got such bad like mask knee. And I already have sensitive skin. So cheap masks were just irritating me and making me break out and not to mention like ruining all my outfits because they were heinous. So I was just so happy when Discover Night, the same brand that makes my favorite silk pillowcases, pivoted to start making silk face masks. They're made from 100% mulberry silk, which is super soft, lightweight, and gentle on skin. They come with adjustable ear loops and nose clips for a snug, comfortable fit. And they come in super chic colors like blush, gunmetal, black, 
black, champagne, emerald green, ivory, and their latest launch, navy blue. That's my color. I've been wearing the blush one for months, uh, but just ordered some fall colors, which I'm pretty excited about. And I mean, the way I see it, this is something I'm putting on my face every day for the foreseeable future. So buying like a nice, luxurious silk mask makes wearing one that much easier. So if you haven't upgraded your face mask yet, now is the time because I have a 20% discount code just for you when you use code BIGKID at checkout. Oh, and actually that's not even the best part. When you order a face mask, they also donate five surgical masks to healthcare professionals until they reach their goal of 60,000 masks donated. So again, head to discovernight.com and use code BIGKID at checkout. I'm going to link it in show notes too. And when you head to their website, like don't just take it from me, check out their insane reviews. Like people are obsessed with these. So to get 20% off today, just head to discovernight.com and use that code BIGKID at checkout. All right, guys. Welcome back to the Big Kid Problems podcast. I'm sitting now with Lori Harder. Welcome. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited <laughs> you're here. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad we can make it happen for this interview because this has been one of my highest requested topics. That's so crazy. And I get it. Yeah. Million percent. Oh yeah. It was wild. I mean, I put the question out there um, a couple of weeks ago on social and said, you know, like, what do you want to know about friendship breakups? I was amazed at the response. Like Mm. so many questions came through. So I know this is a big one for people. It's literally everyone. Like, I don't know anyone who escapes life without (laughs) struggling with relationships. Yeah. Yeah. All relationships. Mm -hmm. But I was so excited to bring you on because I know you wrote the book, A Tribe Called Bliss, you know, breaking through superficial friendships, creating real connections and reaching your highest potential. And I was interested, like what kind of inspired you to even get into this topic about writing about connections and the importance of having like a quote unquote tribe? Oh, well, I will tell you, it was from lack of tribe that, and I didn't even know what was missing. And I want to really speak to this because I think a lot of people don't realize what's missing if you are feeling depressed, lonely, really high anxiety, it's probably a lot of it is probably because you are not truly connecting with people in a way where we are feeling seen and feeling heard and having true authentic connections. So for me, I was raised um, in a really small town. I was raised in a restrictive religion where I was only allowed to hang out with people who were in my religion. And what ended up happening was there wasn't a lot of people and there wasn't a lot of deep connection for me. And then when I realized that this was no longer a fit when I was like 18 years old, when I was no longer, it, it just I decided to leave that particular religion. Well, I had never associated with anyone outside of that ever. Oh, wow. So what happened is not only did I have to like really weigh what I was doing in my life, it was the scariest point of my life because when we leave our quote unquote tribe, you feel like you're dying because you're no longer, you know, it it feels unsafe. It feels scary. It's like most people don't end up leaving or changing who they are because we have this innate, fear of if I leave the tribe, I might die. Like that's really the thought that we have because it's so built into us. So for me, when I left, it was like the scariest, loneliest place to be. And I actually ended up joining like a, or finding like all these friends who weren't great because I, you know, it was like holding a spring tight and letting me loose. I just went wild for a few years and really ended up finding people who just 
were not awesome to hang out with. And for a few years of my life, it really was quite dark. I was drinking a lot. I was going out all the time. Uh, There was a lot of different drugs in and out of my life all the time with different friends and things like that. And it wasn't until I really just, you know, you hit rock bottom several times. Believe me, you never hit rock bottom once. It's like you don't realize how many bottoms rock bottom has. <laughs> and so for me, it was huge. The The realization of who I hang around is who I become. Mm-hmm. It just is such a fact. And I knew that if I wanted to go to where I wanted to go, which I didn't even know what that was at the time. You know, you're asking someone who's at the ultimate low. I just knew it was somewhere better than here. I knew I was going to have to change my entire friend group because every time I was around them, I would just sink back down. And so it was like the second time that I was like, oh my God, if you want to change your life, you have to change your environment. And your environment is the people that are in it. It's so true. Mm-hmm. I can kind of relate to that just because um, even not leaving a religion, but like yeah. I left my city, you know, yeah. like I moved from New York to LA two years ago. And I was in that position where I left my tribe mm. and I was like, this is so weird. I felt scared and alone similarly. And it is, it's, it's so much harder to find, or I thought it was hard, especially mm-hmm. like being a little bit older, like finding people, totally. you know, like, yeah. Cause you don't have the, what we forget is we don't have the things that used to make us like make friends. Like there's no recess where we're going to go in the sandbox for 20 minutes a day and have to go make friends. There's no volleyball where we're going to like, we're on a team. You're forced to make friends every single day. It's like, you have to go create these experiences yeah. for yourself. Yeah. So true. I'm interested. And I know you, you kind of mentioned that there are some like people in your life, some friendships that like weren't exactly serving you. I think everybody can relate mm-hmm. to that. I've definitely had a couple of those in my life. Yep. Did you ever have like a friendship breakup that was truly devastating? Yes. Like oh, one man. in particular, or did you have several? I had several, but I had one in particular that was like clearly defined. This is the day that we split. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like a shocking day. I don't know if people have had that moment where it's just like, what is happening right now? And looking back, I wasn't able to see all of the reasons why in the moment. So I think sometimes friendship breakups can feel like shocking or how did this happen? But when we move past it, we can look back and obviously connect the dots. So for me, it happened when I was on a huge growth trajectory which is kind of goes hand in hand with when this happens. So if you're really growing and you're experiencing this, there's definitely a reason, you know, and and kind of going back to the whole, uh, you know, being like removing yourself from the tribe thing or, or needing to go and change your environment so you can become a different person. Sometimes what happens is we start changing and, and, our environment doesn't match and it will kind of like kick you out naturally because mm. you probably wouldn't leave. So the universe <laughs> will like just spit you out if you're not going to make those changes. So this was somebody that wasn't necessarily supposed to be in my life at all anymore, but I still wanted that relationship. So what happened is um, my husband and I were uh, had joined a network marketing company and we just started growing at a super rapid pace, like more rapid than we had even expected for ourselves. And, you know, looking back, I'm sure there were things that I did not do correctly as well, but I can see the moments where this particular person, like just, it was too much. They just couldn't handle it, whether that was, you know... Uh, you know, some people are like, oh, your light's too bright or whatever. Whatever that was, it, we had a phone call and I won't go into too many details because this person is still sort of in my room, <laughs> which is interesting. But, um, 
it was just that moment of um, she had said a few things to me that were so completely like out of left field and untrue, but it just made me feel like I was the worst person ever because I think sometimes the people closest to us know exactly where to go to try to hurt you and make you small. Oh, and it just went straight for attacking my character and my husband's character. Um, Essentially saying like we were egomaniacs, like all of the things that you know, I come from super humble beginnings. Like uh, yeah. my first car was a Geo Metro that I bought for $500. And it like, I had to have people push start it with me, like literally push it. So for me, like those were the moments that I was like, no, I'm not that person. I would never be egotistical. I come from humble. Like all of these apologies that I never will even say anymore because you should just whatever. own those parts. But for me, she just knew exactly what to say and what to do and had started like an entire gossip ring Mm -hmm. around, you know, people who really I loved. So I not only were my worst nightmares coming true, because what's our worst nightmare? What people think about us, Mm -hmm. who we love, and then sharing untrue things and, you know, like pretty much dragging our character through the mud to people we love. If we're being really honest, that's like our worst fear. Yeah. Like having people reject us, not love us that we love, like getting kicked out of the tribe, quote unquote, like really, truly. So that's what was happening. It was like, oh my God, this whole thing started going on and all of these rumors started. It was a year. It was like the worst year of my entire life because it would not go away because this particular person was getting people to like gang up, like literally. And so... I thank God at that time, I found the book. I found Marianne Williamson's A Return to Love. And she had talked about in there, a defense is an attack back and like defending yourself and saying, you know, that's not how it is and all of these things. So I decided just to take a stance of love and not do anything. Like I would just like... And that was the hardest thing I've ever done. Like every day I felt like I was getting gutted because more and more people would be sending me messages or like, is this true? Oh my God, are you... And I'm like what do I do? Like, am I supposed to just be putting out fires my entire life? And instead I started focusing on something else. And I was like, I know that if this is happening to me, that this is happening to a lot of women. And that is actually where my Bliss Project event came out of because I I was like, you know what? I want a safe space. I want to set expectations. I want to set a standard. I want to start using a language and a way for us to communicate so that we don't go through this stuff anymore from the beginning. Yeah. And that's really where the book came out of and my event came out of was like, I want, you know who I want in my life? Only women who are willing to have radical candor with each other and be like, this is not what I want. I don't want to be stuck in these little like shit circles of, you know, where it's all lot, like it's just a bunch of women kind of like tearing each other down kind of pretending to build each other up. And I was like, "That's we, we need a new language because I knew in my marriage, Chris and I had had to find new languages for every new phase of our journey. Like we need to be able to communicate what we're actually saying and to be able to have a safe space to say it and to, yeah, just really figure out how to move through different problems. And I thought as females, I've never been taught that. Yeah. I've literally been, I've, this is only what I have seen from my personal experience in my world. This is not everyone's experience. It was like, all right, if a woman offends me or does something, I kind of just turn the page on her. Like I'm just either done with her. I'm probably not going to talk through it. And I'm going to be like, I would just expect her to do better or know better when there's a million things going on in that person's world that if we just spoke and communicated, Mm -hmm. we could work our way through it if this is worth it for that person. So this was the friend breakup that really just spurred everything for me because it was just like, I've never... This person who was my best friend literally overnight just decided to completely 
That's turn. the worst. How long yeah. were you guys friends for? Um, we were probably pretty, pretty close for like four years, which to me was like a lifetime. So, yeah. you know, some of those relationships, had, yeah. you know, a short amount of time can feel like forever. And I hadn't ever had long-term friends because of yeah. how I grew up. So, so I had just never, you know, made those super close female friends in my life before. So for me, that felt like, oh my God, this is it. You know, I finally found my best friend and it just, yeah. <sighs> Dude, that hurts. <laughs> it hurts. And that's what I think is funny. One thing you said that that was interesting is like how you said it took kind of like a year to kind of phase this person out of your life. And I think that's something that we do, especially the longer the friendship, I feel like the more we try to hold on to it. I mean, I had a friendship breakup that was literally a 20 year friendship. Oh God. Yeah. Like one of my childhood Like they know everything. Everything. Like literally my whole life grew up with, I actually considered more of a family member. I was like, this is Mm. a sister. Yeah. Um, but I allowed so much shit because yep. of the history mm-hmm. and a lot of toxicity that I would never put up with in any of my other relationships mm-hmm. because of that length of time. Yes. And I think we can kind of, even like, even if we're not even talking about like friendship breaks, I think people like do have family members that can be toxic to them. Yes. You know? Yes. And it's, it's hard <laughs> to like break up with those people. Yes, that one is huge. I actually get that one even even after the book is out. Most uh, a lot of the things I get are like, um, you know, I need to set boundaries with my family because they can't even move forward. And they, you know, every time they and this was so me. Every time I went back home, so when I was when I moved out when I was eighteen, I kind of did not communicate with my family very much for about two to three years, and it was like gut wrenching to my mother, and she didn't understand why, and I couldn't exactly tell her at that point because I wasn't ready to. I wasn't ready to talk about it. I wasn't ready to, because I was, I was lying to her that I was still part of the religion because I didn't want to be fully kicked out. Like I wanted to still be able to communicate with them. Yeah. So I didn't really say anything to them or go back home or anything because I had to figure out who I was. And I did not know how to do that whenever I would be around them because I would turn back into somebody that they wanted me to be, which was not me at all. Mm. So I had to like stay away for a while. And it, it was probably the most... It was the hardest point in my life because you just feel so inauthentic because you are, you know, you're kind of lying about who you are, especially just religious things. And I think that this applies to just about everyone because what happens is when we are evolving, when we have a dream, if we have a business goal and it's not in alignment with maybe your family's ideas or vision or maybe outside of their moral code, like whatever that is, like we tend to completely just hide ourselves and be who they want us to be because we don't want to disappoint them. We don't want to get kicked out. We don't want to deal with that pain. Thus like living completely either double lives or feeling inauthentic or whatever that looks like. And and I think the most challenging thing is to have these conversations or to sometimes have to give yourself space and leave and not speak for a while to figure out what the heck is going on with your life. Because sometimes we can't figure out our own lives while we're wrapped up in that. Honestly, I think that that is so true. And like taking a step back and mm-hmm. having like a few seconds to just figure it out for yourself. Yeah. I remember with that particular friendship breakup, just like you kind of said, it took a year of kind yeah. of like suffering through it, deciding if you kind of wanted to keep this person at arm's length. And I'm interested to hear how that kind of unfolded and how mm. you finally like put the needle in the coffin. Yeah, It's the worst. Yeah. You feel like a terrible person. Yeah. Like even if it's, even if it's their fault, like you feel like an awful person because you just, 
I think what it comes back comes down to, and it's kind of what you had spoken about, um, what some of the questions I know that are coming is, you know, when when is a person toxic? And yes. when do you know it's a toxic relationship? When should you leave? All of those things. And and I don't so much believe that people are necessarily toxic. I think what can happen, don't get me wrong, there are some people who absolutely, you know, who, who are you're like, that is not a good person, not gonna have him in my life. But I almost have to question it because I'm gonna, I'm so I would love to hear your feedback on this too, because there are some toxic people in our lives who are totally showing up as like angels for real in other people's lives. Like they're a great person to maybe a kid or to, you know, maybe they're great at work or maybe they're like really, maybe they're changing people's lives in a certain way, in a really great way. But to you, you just cannot see past how awful this person is. And I think what happens is that we stick around past our contract. I think we're all like have soul contracts with people and some are long and some are short. And I think what happens is that we stay with somebody who we were supposed to be in a short soul contract with and we try to milk it out for five more years, 10 more years because we just as human beings are like, no, I had this moment with you. I need you know to have you in the rest of my life. Like, yeah. And that's not how it works at all. So the thing that I've learned is there are going to be people who are going to be in your... Obviously, we know that quote, like there are people who are going to be in your life a short period of time. And then there are going to be the people who walk with you your whole lifetime. And I think that number is so small who actually walk with you in your whole lifetime. And if we really think... That's not a painful concept, but we make it painful because what we don't do is we're never present with the moments in the short contracts with people who it's like, wow, this was the freaking best year working with this girl. And this was, you know, she was the most amazing um, like coworker or assistant or whatever that relationship was. And we're not being present for what it is right now. We just keep thinking everything has to be extended or why can't it be long? Why can't it be forever? And I think that we stop people from going and doing what they're supposed to do. We stop ourselves from doing what we're supposed to do because we are trying to stay past the expiration date. Totally. And that's where I think it starts going toxic. It's like an onion. Like put it in your fridge. It's going to be great for a while. You're going to make some great stuff out of it. Like you're going to have these incredible meals, but you keep that onion in your fridge too long. And it's it's going to be like so toxic for you to eat because you kept it longer than you should have it. And that's what happens in relationships. Wait, side note. How long are you supposed to have an onion in your fridge for? Because I have one that I've been like milking for like three weeks. It's probably time to let it go. <laughs> as soon as you throw that out, that other relationship needs, you know, maybe that other relationship needs to go too. Yeah. That, that is interesting though. And I think it all comes back to kind of what you were talking about. The whole idea of like being in fear again. Like if you yeah. lose somebody who was really in your corner at one point in your life who you loved, then there's like an empty spot there almost. Like I have some French friends that too, like I'm even thinking in my own life, like I, I can see that we're starting to kind of grow apart, but I am so reluctant to let go of it. Cause I'm like, so this is fun too. So there's transforming relationships. So what a lot of people do is they want to keep that relationship in that in that box of what it was. So maybe you did have like a super bestie, right? Where you guys did everything together, but maybe now one of you has children and one of you doesn't and a lot has changed. And I know I, I'm seeing this happen a lot at my age right now. Same. And it's kind of like, oh man, we're not, we're just not as close anymore. I feel so bad about it. Well, instead of feeling bad, what if it was now just a different relationship where you saw each you saw each other less and that's okay, but you you did the things that you love to do together and kept those things really special and acknowledge like, hey, 
I love you. We're, we're totally obviously on a different path, but you mean so much to me that I want to keep this alive doing the things that you and I love. Like, I know that I don't get your time anymore because it's important that you're with your kids and, you know, your family. So, because this relationship is so important to me, how can we see each other once every three months or six months, but make that time really special together? Yeah. So like, let it evolve into what it's, it, into what it's supposed to be instead of mourning what was, like celebrate what is coming. Yeah, I think that's really solid advice. And then exactly like you're saying, like setting time for it. Because I yes. think sometimes a lot of us, we just kind of let things roll out. And mm-hmm. then before you know it, you haven't like seen or spoken to that person yeah. in like months. and. I think it's important to kind of like, you know, kind of take control and that, not like take control, but make sure that you're setting time totally. and doing those things. And it, I, so I think, I think all that is missing in majority of all of our relationships is communication. Huh, yep. Except we don't want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. We're like, oh, that's weird. What if I actually acknowledge that something's going on, even though you both totally know something is going on? Energy doesn't lie. Mm-hmm. So if you're feeling it, they are feeling it, maybe even more than you. And I think bringing words around that is like freedom. Oh. It's just complete freedom. Oh my God. I want to get there too, because I want to I want to talk about actual like breaking up or yeah. if you're going to talk through a relationship. But before we do, I kind of, you know, we touched on it a little bit, but I would love to kind of dig into some of the qualities because that's a question I kept getting is like, how do you know if somebody's toxic for you? Or if you're seeing these signs, when do you know to like let go of a friendship or like keep a friendship? Like when, what do you think are some qualities that like, you know, maybe make a really good friend versus somebody who you probably need to let go of in your life? This is so interesting because relationships are so layered that sometimes the person could be showing up in a certain way because you're showing up in a certain way. So I, um, this is what I do with all in my team that I hire, but my relationship with my husband, everything that happens that I don't like, that I think is about them, I always say, how did I play a role in this? What did I say or what did I, what did I not say to mm-hmm. either not set up an expectation or to have them show up in a certain way. Because if you have a friend who, you know, I, I think as women, I hear, I hear this a lot. I hear, I have a friend who's super selfish or she just unloads on me. Like she, she never asked me how I am or I feel like a coach or I'm always trying to help her and she just has these problems over and over again. Great. How are you playing a role in that? So I had a friend like this who is now like one of my best friends because I started communicating. And I was like, oh, hell no, this person is not good for me. I feel so drained, blah, mm. blah, blah. What I was doing was not... It, it's funny. I look back and I'm like, she never asked me how I am, ever. Okay. So I got together with her and she did ask me how I was. Like, how are you? I'd say, I'm fine. How are you? Because I am a really... I. I found my value only through feeling valuable, which meant for me, I needed to be able to like help fix them. I didn't even realize I was doing this. I was like every relationship, I was showing up as the coach and the fixer and it made me feel good about myself until it made me feel exhausted. And I had no real connection because connection is not me showing up and coaching someone and feeling good about myself. Yeah, Connection is us talking, being seen and me sharing vulnerably as well and connecting. Like Brene Brown talks about it all the time. If you want a true connection, you also have to be vulnerable enough to share yourself, except we don't want to do that. We want to put a wall up because we've been used and being vulnerable has been used against us and thrown in our face by friends. So we're like, nope, this is great. I will feel valuable. I'll get to coach you yeah, and then I'll go home. And so when I finally realized that I was not like sharing how I felt, I said, 
hey, I realized that I show up in this relationship and like you ask me how I am and I never share. And I said, what that that's keeping me from feeling really connected to you because I'm not sharing anything about my life. So if you could hold me accountable whenever we're together, I need to make sure I tell you how I really am. And so every time we got together, it was like, hey, I really need to like also share so that I can feel connected in the conversation. And yeah, at first it was super weird, but at the same time, it was like we started sharing and now it's a 1 million percent 50-50 one of my favorite people. <sighs> so that's really interesting because that's yeah. that was a relationship that I thought was not good for me. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, so how are you, how can you own that you're not sharing an expectation. Like if your friend is always late and you're pissed at her, like, because you're like, God, she thinks she's so important. Her time is way more important than mine. She always leaves me waiting. This is so annoying. Have you shared that? Like, hey, I have to share with you that whenever you're late, it just makes me feel, I know you don't know this. I know that you're probably stressing over your outfit, but it makes me feel like my time is not, you don't value my time. And I would really love if we could, or if you could, take ownership of this because it doesn't feel good for me. Mm. Like that's called using our language. Yeah, using your words. Yeah, like (laughs) I wanted to say that, but it sounded like a real dick for a moment. Like (laughs) use your words, but it's true. I'm not using my words still in certain relationships. And I'm like, okay, I have to own, like I just have to own it more because it's not their responsibility to know how I, you know, that I, that I want them to be showing up in a different way than they've showed up their whole life. And until someone tells them, like, I actually think it's our job to tell people because what if they don't have someone in their life who loves them enough to tell them? Yeah, I actually love that. And I, I it brings me, you, you heard that quote that's like, if you may, if you're pointing at somebody, there's like three fingers. Yes, totally, totally. That's what I'm thinking of. But it's, it is true to think about it in this context. Like if somebody's doing something to you, like what am I doing to allow that? I have, yeah. I'm, I'm, kind of blown away by that because that's true. I don't don't know if we take the time to do that. I don't. Our life is a (laughs) compilation of what we tolerate. Mm. So if you're upset with something, it's because you're tolerating it and you're not having a conversation or you're not making a decision. Yeah. Dude. Um, I also think though with like, with friends, because there are situations like that, like if mm-hmm. somebody's doing something to you and you can be annoyed or, or what it is, or you could be allowing something to happen to you. I, I do think there are things though to look out for if yes. somebody is like yes, yes. being super, if, it, if it's something that you're allowing versus if somebody is actually has like bad intentions for you. Yes, totally. Um, I think we know. I li- if you're questioning it, like yeah. it, does this person have bad intentions? They're, so this is, this is interesting though, because I've had some in my life where I have had this is so stupid. Like there was, <laughs> there was this girl uh, way back in the day who just would really, it was like a, a power struggle. Like I knew that she wanted things that I had in my life. And she was kind of like saying things behind my back or like doing things and putting her name on things that was like mine. Just little random things like that, that I was like, this is so weird. Like, I think we're friends, but this doesn't feel good. Yeah. And so that person kind of made me then look through the lenses of who else is doing that. And it made me scared because it was like, it wasn't good. She didn't have great intentions. And it's funny because she was a Scorpio. So forever I was like, what sign are you? And I would relate it back to that. And I was like, Lori, stop it. Like, that's not, you can't like relate it to that. You have to like, but we do little things like that. That I also want to say, if you notice you're doing things like that and it's not real, like really observe 
and be like, okay, what's real? What's not? Like, let's let's tune into a different way of seeing what this feels like. Because yeah. I do think there's a lot of that that we can do, like project onto other people. And as far as things that are like not right, I think that we always kind of just... If something's going on behind your back or there is a, a really negative feeling or you feel like this just weird thing in your stomach whenever you're around them and you're checking in like, hey, is this me or is this really not right? Energy, again, doesn't lie. There's something there. Here's what else I want you to to focus, like really focus on instead of thinking this is a toxic person, just be like, oh, this person isn't right for my life right now. Uh, it, that's when it can become toxic where two people who aren't supposed to be in each other's life, yeah, you might end up doing something you don't want to do too because you're absolutely not supposed to be on each other's past. Like, I think that's a really clear sign for us. If it doesn't feel good more than once, like give it a chance because sometimes we bring our weird, you know, shit onto yeah. certain relationships. Like give it a bit of a chance, talk through it, try to show up super authentic, try to use your words or whatever that is. But if if you're forcing something because here's what we do a lot. We tend to force relationships because maybe this person represents like getting into a popular group, just being honest. Maybe they represent like, you know, it could help further your career. Maybe it represents you could look really cool hanging out with this person. Maybe it represents you want to write a book and this person, you know, is a great writer and you want to be associated with that. We do that stuff all the time and we ignore energy. And then something blows up in our life. And I see it a lot with business. And I see it even right now as I'm building a company. There's a lot of really shiny people out there who are interested in, in you know working together. And it doesn't feel right. And it's not because they're bad. It's because I'm not supposed to be on that path with them. And it'd be really easy for me to ignore my gut and to start working with somebody because it's shiny, because maybe they offer a lot. Maybe they bring something to the table. And I'm like, oh man, I know this feeling. Like this is really familiar. This is the feeling that came with this relationship. And this was the feeling that came with this one. And so even if you don't have that that exact feeling of, oh, when is it wrong? Go to the feeling of when it's been right. And so that's what I'm doing a lot of. Because sometimes we're like, oh, sometimes navigating when it's wrong yeah. is you know harder to tell because sometimes our nerves or our whatever can be going on and our just our fears in general around what this could look like in the future as a relationship so something that i've been doing a lot of is when has it felt right and that is such a clear energy for me because it's fun it's light and it's easy and i just drop in and i enjoy it so if it's anything but that i tend to just say nope yeah it's like being protective of your energy yep. is so important. That's something I've like realized even getting older. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I just want to be protective of my energy. And if somebody's coming into my life and like every time I'm around them, I feel worse about myself. Yeah. I'm like, I'm an adult. Like I don't have to. That's like, I think I, I tweeted <laughs> that. I'm like, you don't actually have to hang out with people you don't want to. It's like yeah. the most, when you realize that, like the Mind rest blowing. of your life begins. <laughs> You're like, what? You're like, wow. Amazing. It's so good. <laughs> Let's take a quick breather from this episode. I want to thank our new sponsor, Magic Spoon, for making this show happen. I don't know about you guys, but the big kid in me loves a big bowl of cereal. Like it is so nostalgic. Growing up, I would just crush a giant bowl and watch Saved by the Bell before school every day. But as I got older, I had to give up my cereal obsession because I realized it's so full of sugar and junk that you really shouldn't eat. So that's why I was ecstatic 
Attic to learn about Magic Spoon. It is a healthier, more adult-friendly alternative to your favorite cereals with the same great taste. I actually did a taste test on Instagram a few months ago because I just like didn't believe it. I thought it was too good to be true. But each Magic Spoon cereal has zero sugar, 11 grams of protein, and only three net grams of carbs in each serving. They're keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. And they come in your like favorite childhood flavors like cocoa, fruity, frosted, and blueberry. I don't know about you guys, but I was like a fruity cereal kind of gal growing up. And Magic Spoon brings me right back to the glory days. I really don't know how they get it to taste so much like regular cereal, but I guess that's why they have magic in the freaking title. So if you're jonesing for a bowl of cereal and want to keep it healthy, just head over to magicspoon.com slash BKP to grab a variety pack and try it today. Be sure to use our promo code BKP at checkout. You'll get free shipping. And when you support a sponsor of this show, it really helps make these episodes possible. Oh, and Magic Spoon is so confident in their product. It is backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you try it, you don't like it for any reason, they're going to refund your money, no questions asked. So again, that's magicspoon.com slash BKP and use that code BKP for free shipping. All right, we all know we need to drink more water. It improves your skin and mood, it increases your brain power and boosts your productivity. It also helps with digestion. I mean, I think I even had a meme recently that was like, if we all have 99 problems, drinking more water can solve like 78 of them. But getting enough water can be hard. And that's why I personally love Hydrant. Hydrant is a refreshing electrolyte powder that you mix directly into water to more efficiently and effectively hydrate your body. It contains four essential electrolytes your body needs, sodium, potassium, magnesium, and zinc to help your body hydrate fast and stay hydrated. It comes in a variety of flavors and I personally love the iced tea lemonade if you have to try one. And I really like drinking these, especially if I know I have like a big weekend ahead of me, like a birthday or a bachelorette. Really anytime I know I'm going to like dehydrate, if you know what I'm saying. So if you're also looking for that extra boost of energy, there's also the Hydrant Plus Caffeine, which contains 100 milligrams of caffeine from green tea, which is great. And just trust me on this. You really need to try it for yourself to see what I'm talking about. It tastes great. It works. And it's loved by pro athletes, top performers, celebrities, and has thousands of five-star reviews. We've got a special deal for our listeners to save 25% off your first order. Just go to drinkhydrant.com slash BKP or enter our promo code BKP at checkout. It's also backed by a 100% satisfaction guarantee. So if you don't love it, send it back for a full refund. Again, that's drinkhydrant. So drink. H-Y-D-R-A-N-T dot com slash B-K-P and enter that promo code B-K-P for 25% off your first order. Also, just a shout out. Thanks for sponsoring this podcast. I'm interested too, when you, I know you mentioned like the friendship that you had that you had that was like your most shocking, like the one that stands out to you. Because, you know, you mentioned, and I had the same similar situation where it took a full year 
of like, you knew like your energy was bad for, mm-hmm. and it took that long. What was like the tipping point mm-hmm. that made you like, be like, you know what? I have to like cut my losses here. I think it was just like, I, I didn't want to be in that pain anymore. It just, I think it just hurts so bad that I was like, nope, it, I, I need to clear it. Like it actually got to the point where I just, you, you can't tolerate it anymore. Like you cannot go on, you can't go on living that way. It's really yeah. clear. Like you literally cannot go on living that way and being isolated or alone for a while is a better alternative than feeling the turmoil and, and just dragging that with you. It's a very, it's tiring. Like it gets to the point where you're actually tired of how tired of how you're being is. And I, I was like, this is so not even me. And I just felt like I was sick of apologizing for things I didn't even know that I was apologizing for that didn't make any sense. I had to believe that there was something better for me out there. And I think I just started to believe that if I let that go from you know different books that I was reading and I just had to let it go and forgive it because I was too heavy. Yeah. Yeah. It was too much. So similar with, mm. with mine too. I think that was kind of what like tipped me off as I was like, my reactions mm. were so extreme. Yes. Like even then at that point, because it had been building for so long towards the end, even the smallest little like sly comment or like, you know, like underhand. <laughs> you turn everything into something. I was like, like literally like <laughs> boiling, yeah. boiling to the surface. I even remember like going to the gym at this time and like m- the way I was motivating mm. like, in my brain was like fighting her. Yeah. Like, literally. Yeah. Been there. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's what I was visualizing. That's and it was so funny. You're bringing me, me back. You're bringing me back to like, I would, I remember this moment. I was like folding laundry on my bed and I was like so deep in this fake fight where I was like just t- like slaying Ugh. her with words, right? Like all these things I want to say and how horrible she is and like saying it to all these people, like what she really is, right? Like all of these, like tracking every bad thing that she's done. And I was like, so deep in this fake fight. I was like two hours in and I was like, oh my God, I'm exhausted and nobody's here. Yeah. Isn't I was like, what am I have... doing with my life? Like you just went so far down that. You, you just went, went so backwards that you're like regressing as a human. <laughs> it was bad. That's always the worst when you like prep those fights in your head and you have like the most eloquent like sayings. And then when it actually comes time, you just... Never. No. I'm terrible. Like every <laughs> so word. Bad. My husband is such a good, which is why I never fight with him anymore because I just like gave up. But <laughs> he's yeah. so eloquent with his horrible words that I'm just yeah. Like, I'm like, how do some people, they're so good at that. And other people, I'm just like, I get in a fight and it's just like, yeah, you're stupid. Yeah. You say like the dumbest yes. shit. That is me to a T. <laughs> I think it's okay. So back to like the fighting though. And when you get to that point of no return. Yeah. And um, I mean, I was there, you were there in that point. I, like, what are some ways that you can... I don't know if gracefully is the word to use because maybe sometimes you don't need to be gracefully, but mm-hmm. actual doing the breakup. Mm. Okay. So I just had a conversation about this, about how do you know like when to break up? And I think that there are going to be some relationships that are like that, that you're just, you have to cut off yourself. There's, there's no, we are clear when there is no words that are going to console this or have it end the way that you want. So you just need to stop. Like you need to stop communication on your side because nothing that you say is going to make it better. Yeah. And how do you know this? You know it because if everything you've said this thus far has not made it better, 
that's not going to make it better. Yeah. Because this person is clearly not willing to meet you in the middle if you've tried communication like that. So it's time to just forgive and release. Like the work now for you is no longer to have a conversation about cutting off communication or closing it up nicely like you would like because that is not going to happen, hmm. clearly. We know, you know when it's not. Did you know when it was not going to happen like in your relationships? The thing is, is I was like, I need to have a combo. I'm like, I'm okay. going to have one last come to Jesus yes. conversation yep. and like lay it all out. Like say, same thing, like I had planned all the things that I wanted to say. I yep. like came to that conversation with receipts. I was mm. like, these are the things that I know you've done behind my back. Like, yeah. I think like these is what's driving me crazy. Like I'm at a point right now that I don't know if we can move forward in our friendship. And like, this is why. And then her reaction was everything that I was like, okay. The way that she handled it was like, did not take accountability for any of her actions. Turned it around on me, like went for the daggers, like Mm. going deep. And I was like, thank you. Because like, this just shows me that what I was thinking was that we couldn't be friends. And then you're like, this is this is how it's going to lay out. So yes. I kind of at that point was like, all right, I see what you're saying. Like, I don't think we should be friends anymore. And like, that was, we had that last combo. Yes, totally. Okay, I'm so glad you said that. So I think I assumed at that point that people have already tried that last conversation. So do that. Have the last conversation that you know that you need to have. That's really important. I had the last conversation I knew that I needed to have. And unfortunately, it was supposed to be the last, but I kept going back to try to like make it better even after the last one. Please don't do that. (laughs) If you feel that and you know, you're like, oh, this is so clear, but then you go back and you try to like defend or whatever, not going to work. So have that last conversation. And then from that, whatever happened, like for you, it was so clear. You're like, got it. Okay. Yeah. We can't, we're clearly not going to ever come to an agreement and communicate. Then the work turns from trying to have a last conversation and make it pretty to being at peace with what is and letting it be okay that there will be a backlash probably on their end again and again and again and just stopping, like stopping communication. Definitely. I did, to be honest, I did so much prayer around it. Like I was just like, please let me just make peace with this. Like when I would start to think about it, I'd be like, nope, we're not putting our, like, we're not putting our energy there anymore. Mm. We're going to put it a better place. Like we're going to move forward on our lives. Like that's, yes, I speak in the third person, but it actually (laughs) is proven to be super helpful. Like you literally need to take your energy from those thoughts and it's going to take a while. Like it took me a long time to heal from that. A long time. It Mm -hmm. probably took me another year to heal from just the thoughts and like how it all went down and feeling bad about it and then making peace with what was and being like, okay, I'm forgiving myself for whatever I said, whatever I didn't say and I'm moving on and it's it just is what it is. Yeah. And I had to move forward knowing that if I had good intentions with everything I was doing in my life, that everything would end up falling back into place. Everybody would get, you know, it would all get ironed out and it would all turn out as it should. And I will tell you, if you're in that, if you're in a situation where maybe someone is trying to kind of like whatever, drag you through the mud or, you know, they're totally twisting things that you say, just keep showing up with the best intentions and doing the best that you can in your life. And I swear to you, I've heard enough of these stories now. Have faith, say some prayers, like go put your energy towards good and it will all turn out. Like I had so many people who were in that little ring of whatever it was come a year or two or five later, I'm not even kidding you, Mm -hmm. and come and apologize to me and say, I'm so sorry. I did not see it. I couldn't see she was like this, but now it's so clear to me. I can see everything. I was like, 
okay, five years later, that feels good. And guess what? Some did not. Yeah. So some still are doing whatever. And that's totally fine as well. Like, But for the most part, the people that mattered to me completely came forward and said beautiful things to me. Oh, that's got to, it's got to be um, not even relieving, but I've had a similar situation where yeah. like the people have like come forward and it's just like, it just feels good. Yeah. You're like, yeah, you know that you made the right choice and the mm-hmm. people that are supposed to be in your life are going to like totally follow. Oh, you know what I think is interesting too, is I think the way you feel after the breakup is mm-hmm. really, really telling. Yes. You know? Oh, let's talk about that. Yeah. Because you feel light. Oh my God. <laughs> when I had mine, I literally woke up the next day and it was like a 70 pound weight had been yeah. lifted from my chest. Yep. I felt so good. I don't know if, if necessarily everybody feels that way. I think I had pushed it way too long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But I think, I don't know, people, did you feel similarly or? Yeah, I think, I do think that just about, I think that everyone will feel that way. I think we let the thoughts creep back in, but I think initially there's such a weight of like, oh, this is so right. This is so freaking amazing. And then we have those like, but did I do it right? Yes. If you feel like giant, like baby elephant (laughs) who was riding in a baby Bjorn your whole like life goes away for a moment, that's a pretty telling sign. Yeah. That's exactly how I felt. I was like, I felt free. Mm. I felt really, really free. You know, now I can go back and just see how I kind of like, we keep ourselves in these prisons, like, and we don't have to. It just, it's because we're afraid of like one conversation or the fallout and the fallout, the sooner that you do it, when you feel it, the less the fallout will be. I oh, think the longer we hold on to it, the the bigger the fallout will be for sure. Yeah. So whenever we, Chris and I talk about this in our relationship, we always say like, we have a bunch of little, like every single day, there's a matchbox and we, we're like lighting these little matches. And the second we see a fire, we blow it out immediately. Like what can happen though, is if you don't do that, if you're not like, oh, that flared me up for a second. Like what you just said, like just really triggered me mm. or what just happened. I need to talk about it because it was just a little flare up for me inside. If I let those go, they rage into a forest fire that I like that won't I won't be able to put out later because I will just let it rage in my brain and I'll bring it up and turn it into other things. Like it'll start consuming other things. It'll change the way I see him. It'll change the way, you know, we res- like I respond to him. So in friendships and in marriage, it's like when you feel the flare ups, it's I think it's so important to put them out because otherwise there's going to be too much. It's going to be too much to like even have a conversation about later on. You won't be able to even know what to talk about because there'll be so many things. Yeah. So I think like either ending it, if you know it's something that you're like, oh, this is just a constant flare up for me or having a conversation around it. But I think that we just, we let it rage. (laughs) Yeah. Turning a little flame into a forest fire. Mm -hmm. That is like, that's so accurate. I'm thinking, I'm like, I need to implement. That's just like a good language around that. Mm -hmm. Like I like having just being like, oh, that was a, a little flare up. That was yeah. a flare up for yep. me. I'm stealing that and implementing that immediately. Yes, take it into your marriage. It's yeah. been really good for me because it's been, it's literally been life changing because we used to in the beginning, like we didn't have that language. We didn't really, we weren't into personal development and, and we were super hot mess. Like it, we had some rough, rough years of our marriage where we were like, hmm, it's not going to work. So, yeah. because we weren't talking, like we weren't, we were talking, but we weren't talking about the hard stuff. Yeah. I really, really like that. Um, we were talking about the fallout for a quick second. And this is another big question that I kept getting mm-hmm. on social about this interview um, was people talk about like, you know, what to do if this friendship breakup is within a friend group. 
Mm. you know, or how do you get around like the awkwardness that comes around, like being in the same friend group with them, or even if you're working in the same office, you know, yeah. like some like coworkers are friends and then they have those breakups and it can be really awkward if you're in like a forced situation. Like, and actually in my personal Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like planning a wedding right now. Yeah. You know, you think about like some things that where you have to get like a lot of, you, you know, the people that are closest oh, to yeah. you in your life. <laughs> like I have friends in my life that like have had really bad breakups and they're like, I don't know if I can be in the same room. Yeah. So again, conversations like, okay, so let's first start with the example of the friend who you're breaking up from a, like you're in a friend group together, but you kind of, it's just not good for you guys anymore. Yeah. And it sucks because if you know you need to remove yourself and they're still very much a part of that group, you might have to remove yourself for a while from that whole group. And that has to be okay. Or you have to kind of communicate with your friends like, hey, I'm not going to share details. But for me personally, it's not, we're not, you never want to point fingers or say that they are a bad person, especially in a friend group. You just want to say, hey, our relationship just is not working out. I totally understand if you guys, you know, want to do X, Y, and Z, but if we want to still hang out, I'm going to have to do it separately just for right now Mm -hmm. because it's not healthy. We're not healthy together. And some people are going to take sides and that's totally going to be fine. I know that sounds horrible. It's the worst news ever, but it's the only way through because you can't keep showing up and pretending like nothing's that you're going to actually infiltrate the friend group and like take it down. Because you are not willing to remove yourself. So like it will fall into place. Everybody will fall into their own place and other friend groups will either be made or that person will end up kind of weeding themselves out if they truly are a person who's not great. Um, And you'll get, if you're feeling it, it might be being felt by a lot of people in the group and they're probably going to thank you for speaking up and because they might be really feeling that as well. I'm telling you, these things are hard and people avoid them and they just go on and tolerate it because that's not the easy thing to do. But if you want to know how to have the best life ever, Hmm. it like, honestly, things like these block your blessings. Like you think your career is not going right or your marriage is not going right or you're not getting what you want. It's because you're not willing to do the hard stuff. So you're telling the universe, I'm not going to have the hard conversations. I can't even be responsible with a bigger career because guess what happens in a bigger career or all of these big blessings? You have to have more conversations like that every day. Mm -hmm. You should be having a kind of tough conversation every day if your dreams are coming true. And that's the thing is it starts in our friend groups. If you can't clear the shit up on your friend group, you absolutely won't be able to clear it up in your business. You won't have anything that you want in your life or in your relationships. So start there and you'll just, the blessings will roll in because I'm telling you that one thing is blocking you because you're also holding on to them, which is blocking them. Like you guys are not meant to be together. Yeah. And you're putting a lot of your focus on, on this that. negative thing in your life. Like yes. when I think about like before I had my breakup and I was boiling, Yeah, I had, there's so much of my energy and thoughts Everything. were around that. And I wasn't putting them towards like yes. way more important things. If you looked, if you could look at like an energetic scale, I bet it was filling up like 80, 90% of your days. Oh yeah. Like energy, you're just draining it out. You're like, hey, here's all my willpower and everything that I'm supposed to be using (laughs) for like these big missions I'm supposed to be doing or dreams. And I'm giving like, here, you just take it all, 80 to 90% of my thoughts, my energy. I'm just going to give it all to this negative thing. Like that's, that's not, my friend says we are like, we're just energy dealers. Like that's all you're selling in your business. That's all you're selling in your life and your relationships. And if you are not responsible with your energy, then you're not going to get the things like positive things to use it for until you start to manage that. So 
it's when you look at it like that, like it's my responsibility to figure out how to get this out of my life so that all the good stuff can come in. Totally. This was an interesting question that kind of goes into that, like the social aspect of some of these breakups. But somebody asked, is it healthy to remain social media friends with somebody you've broken up with or do you delete them and move on? Oh, there's someone I want to just block so bad right now. (laughs) And I haven't yet. So... Say mute. Yeah. Muting is like God's gift. Yeah. I, well, I need to do that. It's because it's funny. I think it's muted. And then once in a great while, like someone will tag or something. I'm like, ah, um, <laughs> no, but I'm pretty good at like, like I, I, I now to this point, don't go creep on the page. Thank God. That was real bad for me. So I would say do as much as you can to get it out of your realm until you feel yeah, like you could be in their space or something. So mute would be really good. Sometimes block, especially in the beginning, is kind of like just throwing propane on a, you know, that little bit of the fallout. You're just kind of adding some propane to the fallout. Yeah. But if it's something that's like, oh no, you're not like if you're very clear, like you're not allowed to come back into my life because of what you did. Like if it's like that type of thing, if it's very clear and wrong, Mm -hmm. then I absolutely will be like, you you're walled. Like you are out. You are totally done. But if it's kind of like that weird, like back and forth, he said, she said, whatever that is, you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Then I'll just like mute or try to tr- try my best to kind of just let it neutralize on neutralize. its own a bit more. Because yep. a lot of things do. A yeah. lot of things do. If you don't give it your energy, a lot of things will kind of neutralize and you can then, you know, kind of yeah be yeah without and, having to see each other. And we're, we're going to get into like making up in the future in just a minute. But I think that's, it kind of like leaves the doorway open if that's yeah. like something that you think maybe you can make amends down the road, like blocking them on socials. Yeah. It's always going to be awkward when you just like add them back as a friend. It's so awkward. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Mine with my breakup, mine was a full on delete mm. block sit. Yeah. It was like, you are out. It sounds like that was important. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And honestly, like my boyfriend at the time was like, damn, you're savage. And I, and like, I felt a little bit bad, but yeah. like, Honestly, not really. Like I was like, you know what? I know that I need this like complete, like you I said, think, wall. I think that's important for people he- to hear right now. Yeah. I know it's not savage to protect your peace of mind and your heart. Like, absolutely not. If somebody has come in and clearly like, no. Yeah. No, then it's your responsibility to completely cut that energy out as much as possible. Totally. And I, I know we're getting close on time. So I want to get into the whole like moving on yeah. situation and and just kind of maybe like even just healing, maybe if you're not moving on or, or getting back into that friendship, like even just healing from mm. this because it can be, it can be really hard. It can be worse than regular breakups. Yeah, for sure. A lot, a lot of the times I think it is worse. Mm-hmm. You know, you, a lot of the times, like I've, you know, I've never had a 10 or 20 year boyfriend. Right. <laughs> like, right. Some of these friendships are really long and ongoing. And like, there's a lot of emotions that can come up like mm-hmm. grief, betrayal, one, actually, before we get into that, because this is a question I got and I just spotted it, but um, do you think you can take some, you know how you have a breakup in a relationship and you take a lot of that baggage into your next relationship? Oh, yeah. Do you think that happens in friendships? Oh, yeah, I did that. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, and that's actually what happened is with a, a lot of the people who I said I, I you know, I got my... Or, or I felt valuable when I was like sharing and coaching and all those things. I I realized that what I did instead of being in a relationship like I was in, I was like, oh yeah, I'll still be in friendships. Like whatever, I'm totally fine. Except I realized that I changed how I was. I was like, oh, I just won't let them in. 
Because uh, when I shared everything with the other one, it got used, like everything got used against me to like, you know, I just felt so vulnerable and naked. Like, oh my God, well, I'll just never share this because these are weaknesses and they could be used against me if I say what I really feel like or whatever that is. Or if I, you know, am having a hard time with someone and talk, uh, talk about them because I think it's, we're talking through a problem and instead all of this stuff, you know, comes out. You think you have these friends who you can share openly, right? Yeah. So... Yeah. So that was my baggage. It was like, oh, great. Well, I'm just going to protect myself and never, you know, share. And that's huge baggage because that's me not ever having a close friend again, connecting. So I had to, I actually did some, some coaching for a while with somebody and she clearly showed to me because I was like, I'm so lonely. I don't get it. Like I have people in my life. I have, you know, I, I think I just need to be speaking more. I think I need, this is literally what I said. I think I just need more people to be speaking in front of. I think I just need like, you know, to be out and like have more people following me so I can be sharing more. I think I just want to be making more of an impact. And she's like, Hmm. So where are you connect? Like, where are you connecting in your life? And I was like, well, I couldn't really tell her where I felt like, she's like, who would you like SOS text right now and connect? And like, are you going on, you know, friend dates and feeling really connected and like equal energy exchange? And I was like, oh my God, I'm not. She's like, yeah, you're relying on your audience and your job and your business for feeling validated and connection. And she goes, they're not connection. Like Mm -hmm. your audience is not your connection. Like your following is not your connection. Like I was like, oh shit. Dude, I'm relating to that right now. Yeah. uh, Because I was so, I was like empty. I was literally just like, how can I be so empty when I'm in my purpose and I'm doing X, Y, and Z? And I was like, oh, I am not. I'm actually not having anywhere in my life where I'm feeling super connected and seen and safe. Yeah, that was a huge moment for me of, wow, I took that and I protected myself by doing something that not only kept, you know, all of this out, but I kept all of like my joy and happiness out. All so, the good stuff out mm-hmm. too. How did you, how did you like heal from that? Cause I'm, I'm actually fully relating to that. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I think it is, it's baggage from that past trauma of a relationship gone wrong. You know, there was a couple things cause I had to talk through it. I still have to talk through it with my friends. So I do a mastermind every, and, and just to say what that is, like I do, it's more just like a, a phone call every other Thursday with this group of women who I ended up being like, okay, I'm going to give this a try, like a safe circle of women where we're all going to take turns and share for 20 minutes every other week. We've been doing it for five years. And I still share with them that I get like a vulnerability hangover every single time I share, but I share it. Like I have the tools to now say like, hey, sometimes I still feel like you're going to abandon me. Like I get really nervous and they're, they're just like, hey, I get it. Like I'm there. I acknowledge that or whatever. Like just being seen and witnessed is actually really huge. Mm. Um, and acknowledging that you still have that wound. Like I'm still healing from it. I think a lot of us will be healing for a really long time. So I think that knowing that even those relationships, I have a like a... a keen awareness that five, six, year six could come and they'd be like, hey, this isn't working for me anymore. Or maybe I'm not connecting to you in the way that we want to be connecting. I think that I'm so, I trust in like the universe providing me with the relationships that I need so much that I am now like, I. that's just a belief I had to lean into really hard. And you yeah. might have to lean into like knowing that, yeah, you're going to open up again and it might be awesome and it might not be, but it's going to open you up to the next even more awesome thing and to lean into that. It's kind of like dating, right? Like you're not going to stop dating if one relationship doesn't go right. You're going to kind of be like, okay, 
what went wrong there? How could I like lean in even more? How can I, it's, it's ultimately just like where you're at in your relationship. Like you have to really trust yeah, and like lean into like, okay, I'm going all in on it. So I go all in on relationships now if I know they're right. And if they are only for a short time, that's fine. And if they're for a long time, it's fine. It's going to hurt. I yeah. lean into the emotion of being a human in relationship. But and, you're, I like that you're like aware of yeah. that, okay, this is something that I do. I'm like, putting out the wall there and you like actively like push through it. Yeah. What would you say? And this is something that came up too, like, cause we've talked a lot about, you know, you're feeling hurt in a relationship. If you're, if you're contemplating the breakup, what if you're on the other end of the spectrum and you're the friend that's getting broken up with? Cause Mm -hmm. that was the same. I got a lot of those questions too, that were like, I felt blindsided by somebody, a friend, one of my best friends just kind of like stopped talking to me. Mm. And people asked about healing from that or learning from that. Mm. Okay. So this is what I call, no matter what it is. I'm bombarding you with questions. Oh, I love these. I love these. So this is what I call having to um, complete open loops. We have so many moments like this in life that we, we get stuck on waiting for the person to complete the loop of why did you do this to me? Why did it end this way? I didn't deserve this. This is so unfair. Um, I don't feel peace around this. There are the... I, I, I believe the happiest, most successful people have probably had to complete more open loops than you can possibly imagine. And that means that you have to insert the piece that's missing. And you have to make the story up that completes you and to let it be okay. And that's going to mean if you're the person who just got broken up with, to stop staying in the question of why did they do this and start moving into how do I make peace with this? Like, Mm -hmm. how do I let this be okay? No matter what they were thinking or what they were feeling or whatever it is. I believe the universe is moving stuff around for you that you probably wouldn't do yourself. So that person was already on a path. You guys were already in a path that was not going to come together at the end. That it just, you got forced out of it and it was for you. So that's also a way that I complete my loops is I'm like, oh, well, that was probably for me. Because clearly, if I'm not wanted in that relationship right now, then you know there's something going on that I can't see yet Yeah, um, that will be good for me in the future. That's really hard because rejection is super, super hard. Yeah. Why don't they like me? Why am I not accepted? Why did I get kicked out? What did I do wrong? Those questions don't get us anywhere. Yeah. It's really like... I. I I mean, if you if I'm being super honest and I write about this in my book all the time, I pray all the time for strength around it. I pray for peace. I pray for my heart to be healed. I pray to not have to know the answer why it happened, but to, you know, in the future be able to see it because I can't, I don't have the strength to heal that on my own. I ask for strength a lot. Like, hey, give me strength to start thinking about something else. Hey, um, you know, make, if I could just get a little peace around my heart right now and help me shift my thoughts around something more positive, just different things like that. Yeah. I, even, I pray for them a lot. I literally will pray for the person that I just want to poke like <laughs> hot pins into their eyeballs. So I'm just like, hey, you know, let me see them with love. I don't know why this is happening, but I just want to feel love around just the thought of them as a human. I don't want to think about them in this way anymore because it's hurting me. And I want to focus my thoughts somewhere else. So I do so much prayer. I do prayer walks actually. So when I go on walks, I do a lot of like, what's not feeling right? What can I get help around? Because I can't, we can't do it on our own. I really believe that when we rely on a strength, whether it's universe, energy, God, whatever you believe, like literally relying on that strength and, and 
there's a phrase I like to think about. It's just altering it up. Like sometimes I'll do like a visualization. I'll put the problem in my hands and I'll just raise it up to the sky and be like, I'm done. You take it. Take it from here. Yeah. Like I can't do it anymore. It's too yeah. heavy. That is so interesting because I, I don't like really come from a super religious background yeah. and like I had never really done like prayer at yeah. all. And I met this like spiritual teacher a couple years ago. And this isn't even for a friendship. This is like for my landlord. Like yeah. I, had, <laughs> I had a landlord that like went psycho on me and I yeah. moved out and they were like withholding my security deposit, which was like a lot of money at the time. Yeah. And I was freaking out. I'm like, I actually like, I'm going to have to sue this person. I've never done this mm. before. Like I'm terrified. And I know like she is for some reason projectile projecting all of the yes. stuff on me. Like I've done nothing. I've never even met this woman in person. Mm. And all of a sudden she's like projecting on me. Anyway, to make a long story short, the spiritual healer that I was talking to at the time, she's like, clearly like this person's in pain. Mm. They're like, whatever's happening to her in her own life, like you have to like separate yourself from it. And she's like, actually like send her love. Like what yes. you were just saying. And like you were saying in, in prayer, like praying for them and, and all that. I had never really done that before, but I really did just kind of like start like, sending her love yeah. and being like, whatever's happening to her. Like, I hope she has like ease around yeah. her. And, and it was, it was really, it honestly, one of the first things I noticed is it made me feel a lot better. Yes. In the situation. Oh my God. Yes. Like mm-hmm. I had so much anger and like frustration. And then I just kind of like felt like calm, more calm about yeah. it. I felt a little bit easier about it. And literally within a few days, she like just wrote me back and she's like, um, your security deposits being transmitted back. To they you. feel it. Yeah, it was the weirdest Truly, thing. It's the truth. Like they literally feel it. I that's what I in that in that friend breakup, that's something that I actually did all the time. I um would listen to Gabby Bernstein as like a cord cutting meditation where like you you picture like a cord energetically between the two of you because you're in relationship and you pick I would picture like cutting it with scissors and just being like you know, we're cutting this cord, but then energetically from my heart, like sending her, just like surrounding her with love, like sending energy to her. And that was like so powerful. At first, you don't want to do it. And sometimes the wording around it too, like a lot of the things I say is like, I'm willing, like, okay, I don't have to want to do it, but I'm willing to see her with love. Like I'm willing to forgive her. I'm willing to forgive myself as well in this situation. Like just that word I'm willing has been so powerful for me. Like I'm willing to let this go. I'm willing to move past this. Yeah. And I think that segues perfectly into wrapping this whole thing up (laughs) about like, you know, forgiveness, healing, Mm. however it is that you want to like end the situation. And somebody asked a really good question. Okay. Somebody asked, they they, they said, what are your thoughts on the importance of making up and or forgiving that person just for your own energetic purposes. Forgiveness is is freedom for you. Yeah. It doesn't make the situation better. It doesn't even sometimes, you know, because some people have been through like really tragic things. Um, maybe they've been uh, beaten, abused, raped, all of those things. You, you literally, uh, I think for myself, forgiving people in that situation was just complete freedom because otherwise we, it's like we try them over and over in our heads and we, you know, we try to put them through whatever that is. We try to get even in whatever that horrible thought is. That's you experiencing that awful emotion that you're doing to them. They're not experiencing it. Yeah. You are. You're going through it over and over and over. It's that, you know, it's the quote, I think everybody knows it's when you're not forgiving, it's like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. That That's what your thoughts are. Like literally you're just poisoning yourself. And I don't think there's a better word for it. 
because it feels that way. It feels like you are poisoning like your system. You're making yourself sick. You just feel like the lowest energy. You can't even like make yourself go out for a walk or get to the gym. You're literally sabotaging yourself. You're probably eating crap food. You're watching terrible shows. Like you're just going down a poison spiral. And forgiveness is letting them go. Like it's just allowing yourself freedom and to move forward and just to let it be behind you. And that truly is like forgiving the situation, forgiving them, forgiving yourself. Um, I think there's so much self-forgiveness that we forget about that we have to have in situations because we can beat ourselves up for still thinking about it or we can beat ourselves up for how we acted in certain situations, what we did, what we didn't do. So I think it goes both ways in just about every situation. You're not only forgiving them, but you're forgiving yourself. It's just like, I'm willing to forgive. I'm willing to see this differently. Yeah. And does do you think forgiveness means like letting everything that they did, you know, it, that it's okay? No. Because I think yeah. that's an important thing too, because even when we're talking about this, I'm like, I think about the, that 20 year friendship breakup that I yeah. have. And honestly, like, I don't really forgive her. Mm. Like, I don't really think like, everything, like, I I don't feel like I'm okay with everything that went on, but I forgive myself. Yeah. I forgive myself for like putting up with it as long as I do. But is that, is that like a toxic energy to hold on to? Well, like the friendship, like just not, I don't know if like forgive, like I don't Are you saying because you still don't feel forgiveness with them? Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a little bit that you could forgive more, Um, but it doesn't make, that's the difference though. In your mind, you have to realize like, it doesn't make that situation okay. Mm-hmm. But there are moments in our lives where like for that, for instance, with her, there are so many things that we don't get to see that could have added up in that situation that in her mind, for some reason, even though it seems so not right in our mind, she really could live in a world where it was right. Yeah. Oh, so you have does. to, yes. We <laughs> So we're aware, like we're yeah. super aware of that. So I think it's the like complete forgiveness of being like, wow, wherever you're at, like I can, I'm just at peace with it. Mm. So it's not saying like, yeah, I'm, it's, it's not letting them off the hook. It's letting you off the hook, truly. So I think if you gave yourself even more room to like see her with love and be like, hey, that shit was crazy. But wherever you're at, I'm totally cool with it now. Like, yeah, we're in such a good place. And you know, your place is not my place, but we're in such a good place. Cause that's how I, that's how I now feel. How long has yours been? Um, it's probably been like four years. Okay. Yeah. Mine, mine really felt like it took that long. Yeah. Um, and there are still some times where mine can flare up and it's now been about eight years, but now I can literally be like, wow, thank you. Because now I'm switching to seeing all the lessons she gave me out of it that are just I can't even tell you how the those dark, dark moments with some of those people it is the reason why I have so much good in my life now. So now I'm so freaking grateful, like beyond grateful because unfortunately and fortunately, like I think that we, you know, I think we get to learn the most in those times for sure. And if she wouldn't have offered you that lesson, I guarantee something beautiful you wouldn't have under that's going to, that's coming in your future or has already come. Like it wouldn't have happened that way or you wouldn't have shown up in the way that you're going to. So again, that Steve Jobs quote about you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only do it looking backwards. And sometimes it takes a lot of time, but I think maybe starting to switch to like thanking her. Yeah. 
for some different lessons can just give you a little more even freedom. Yeah. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah. And like taking the positive out of it. Like what did you learn and and thinking of it that way. I think that's mm-hmm. really great. Last question, because I know we've gone way over time, but I really I like wanted, it. I wanted to get <laughs> got so many audience questions and I, I wanted everyone to get them. Yes. I feel like we're we're covering so much. We, that's awesome. We covered our bases <laughs> like straight up. Um last one, like let's say you're you had a falling out with a friend, but you're interested in maybe fixing that relationship or trying to mend that friendship, what would your advice be? If you have a feeling that the person is open to communication, if you're like, hey, we're both in different places now, that's probably how I would even start. Like, hey, I know that we've been through a lot and there's a lot that I would have, I would take total ownership at first to see how it, to, to give them the space for them to also take ownership. Mm. So I would approach it in that way because nobody wants to, here's how you're not going to mend the relationship hey, a lot of time has passed and I'm sure now you can see how you've done a lot of things wrong. (laughs) Like that will not, that will just scorch the relationship again. Um, If you think that the person is open, I would say, you know, I really, you're still an important person in my life. I think about you all the time. I would love to see if we could have a conversation. Now that time has passed, there's a lot of things that I would have done differently and taken a lot more ownership for. Like, are you open to having a conversation just and seeing where it goes. We don't even have to like go back to what we were or any, anything, but my heart is really wanting a conversation with you. Yeah. And then seeing where it goes from yeah. there. I think that's... No expectation. That's, yeah. the pro- that's the problem all the time is a lot of the reason why we're disappointed is we have an expectation of how we want it to turn out or we have an expectation of what the relationship would be. And if we would just be open to letting it kind of like become what it is meant to be, we would have so many more amazing relationships in our lives. Instead of just like one bestie, I think we'd have like 10 freaking amazing people who play different roles because expectations just destroy relationships. And I believe that one person can't be everything for you, whether that's your partner or whether that's your best friend, like you're going to need to collect people for different areas of your life. Like your friend that you love to go do yoga and like spiritual surf trips with or whatever that is, is not going to be the friend who you want to just like let your hair down and go to wine Wednesday. Like it's probably not going to be the same person. And you can be, we are so multifaceted that I think when we, we put ourselves with like one friend, it actually makes us feel like we're in a box. So if you want to free yourself, you'll have, you'll collect a lot more friends and just allow yourself to be different people around different people. Like your authentic version of your different self, but it's like you are many different people all of the time. So I think we need a lot of people in our life. So true. Oh my gosh. Lori, thank you so much. This was so fun. Oh my God. You like literally crushed it. I I hit, I hit you with a lot. Oh, I love it. (laughs) It's like my, it's probably, I could go on like, yeah, we're just, we're good, but we could definitely go on. Yeah. Oh, we know we really could. (laughs) I could be here for another three hours. Um, but I love that. I I love how you're ending off too. I think it's a great segue about your book Mm -hmm. and anything else you want to, because you go into a lot about actually building the relationships that you want and building connection, um, and friendship and all of that good stuff. So for anybody who's interested in Mm -hmm. finding that more, where can they, where can they get your good stuff? Yeah. If you're still like, dang, I don't know what to say. Like the book actually has scripts in it. Like I write down things because I think women are just people are missing the verbiage and the languaging around how do I say these hard things? So the book is a tribe called bliss.com, or you can just go to my website, lauriharder.com. 
Yep. Awesome. Everything's there. I'll link it in show notes too for anybody who wants to find Lori, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun. Yeah, literally best conversationalist. All right, that is a wrap on this episode. I hope you guys loved it as much as I did. Lori Harder is such a badass and I was actually just on her podcast. So I'll link that episode in show notes if you want to check it out. I'm also going to link all her socials and her book if you want more from Lori. If you want to get into this topic a little bit more, join me over in the Big Kid Problems Facebook group. I'd love to keep the combo going and maybe hear about some of your experiences with friendship breakups. Also, I mentioned it at the beginning of the show, but don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review for this podcast. Just make sure if you do leave a review, screenshot it and DM me on Instagram at Big Kid Problems so I know who it came from and who I can send goodies to. I know there are a ton of podcasts out there, so please know that I am genuinely so honored and happy to have you tune into the show, and I really appreciate you spending your hour with me. So with that, I'm going to leave you with a little quote. I kind of like the idea of ending these shows with like a little sprinkle of motivation or wisdom. So this week's quote is from Jordan Belfort, aka The Wolf of Wall Street. And he says, the only thing standing between you and your goal is the bullshit story you keep telling yourself as to why you can't achieve it. Ooh, love that one. All right, love you, mean it, and I will see you back here next week for a brand new episode. Until then, I'll see you next Tuesday. 